0: I am grateful and honored to be joined by Lila Florell, founder of Preserve Remington Woods here in the city and someone who I've been grateful to have on, on this program before. Lila, thank you so much, and uh, welcome back to Mic Check.
1: Oh, thank you for, for having me. It's delightful to be here.
0: Uh, the last time that you were on the program was December 5th, 2021. I can't believe it. Can you, can you believe that? That was, like, the last time that that we talked?
1: Yeah. Time, time passes.
0: Yeah, I can't believe it. It totally, when I saw that, I was like, whoa, that just didn't make <laughs> sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, as always, like I was saying, it's, it's an honor to be in conversation with you, and I just wanted to check back in with you, Leela. And, you know, the Remington Woods is something that is a really big deal here in Bridgeport, and it's something that still to this day not everybody knows about. And I just really was excited to get to to have this conversation again and to and to you know have another overview for our listeners, and to check in and uh, and really you know have 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 you talk about the woods and all the work that that you have done uh, these past several years with the Preserve Remington Woods. Movement and campaign, but to start off, Leela, I was wondering if you could uh talk about how long you've been living here in bridgeport.
1: Oh well, I was born in bridgeport and i I grew up in bridgeport and uh went to high school and left i left bridgeport um in my when I was about twenty five and I came back about twenty years later, so I've lived here probably all tall about 60 years. I live I live uh on the north end now.
0: In terms of living here in Bridgeport, at one point did you become aware of the woods and and their their place and and their significance here in Bridgeport?
1: Well, I uh became aware of the woods quite a while ago, but I didn't really I really I did I I wasn't really involved with it. But uh about 6 years ago, I became much more involved, and I started an organization called Preserve Remington Woods. And uh, we have since raised the the knowledge because people just didn't know about the woods. A lot of people still don't know about Remington Woods. It's about four hundred and twenty-two acres. It's in the north end. Uh, part of it, most of it is in Bridgeport. Part of it is in Stratford. And it's um, a wooded area. It's got a lake. It's got wildlife, uh, deer, and, and uh, all kinds of small animals and a lot of birds, eagles. Um, it's a real opportunity. It, it's owned by DuPont, and it's slated for development by DuPont, which, of course, would destroy the woods. So we've been raising awareness that that it exists and its importance to Bridgeport because Bridgeport really needs to preserve the woods as a wildlife preserve with walking paths so that it is open to the public in a respectful way and that it preserves the forested aspect. The woods uh, contributes enormously to Bridgeport, even even though it's closed to the public at this time. But just by just by being a forested area, it provides all kinds of services. It cleans the air. It uh, it warms it, it cools the air. It uh, pr- preserves the water and the local climate. It prevents flooding. It, it does all kinds of good services that are, that are real. And, uh, and, and it's crucially important for people's health, it's been proved that the people that live around the woods are healthier than the people that live in other areas in Bridgeport. So um, taking that away would deprive people of the healthful properties that the woods provides and it would also deprive people of the opportunity to reconnect with nature and to have a, to have a place where they can go and walk and and uh, realize that they're part of nature and get all the health and the mental health and the physical health benefits that accrue to a person when they take walks in the woods. So that's what we've been fighting for. And um, uh, we started hardly anybody knew anything about it. And there are many more people know about it now, and there's a, a whole coalition of various groups in Bridgeport that uh, that have agreed with us and that are you know are for the same thing and we've talked to many many just people on the street you know we've gone to downtown Bridgeport and uh, the the uh, farmers markets and just you know the neighborhoods just around Bridgeport and when when we talk to people and tell them about it right away they say oh yes yes. Absolutely, we'll, we'll sign your petition. We want—that's what we want. I mean, people know in their cells that they belong to nature, even though there are many things in this culture that, that go against that. But but people know—they know what's good for you know what, what's good for them, and and that's what they want. But unfortunately, uh, other interests, developer interests. Moneyed interests, political interests, come into play, and uh, you know the battle is to to not have it developed, and um, and, and that's kind of where it stands. the The opportunity uh, there, there's an opportunity now, and that's that the federal government is um, becoming more aware of the they call it climate change you know it's actually a a move toward toward ecocide that that, that is happening, but uh, they're becoming more aware of it, and they're uh, allocating some money for it so on a federal level if you know if people called up their their senators and their representatives and asked them to uh, do whatever they can do to Make sure that this doesn't get developed and that it gets preserved as a as a wildlife preserve with walking paths. So that the the city, w- which is very much very much impacted by city urban nature, you know, by the by the, all the concrete and the bad air, we have some of the worst air in the country. By we have about six hundred toxic sites caused by uh, manufacturers that have left and left toxic chemicals around. Uh, you know, we, we suffer from generational amnesia, which is every, what that means is every few years, every every generation, every 10 years or so, uh, a new generation is born. And when you're born and you're, and you're raised in something, you think that's the way it's always been. So the, the environment gets degraded, and then the next generation comes along, and they think that the degraded environment is the way it's always been, and so on and so forth. So it gets worse and worse and worse, and people don't have anything to refer to uh, that's, that's realistic. All they see is, is an environment that becomes increasingly degraded. Uh, when I was a child, uh, the sky was full of birds, you know, and the summers were full of frogs, and you could see deer and uh, all kinds of creatures. Uh, and now, if you see a bird, it's a rarity, so so there's that and there's some another thing called um nature deprivation and th- this is a real thing i mean it's a it's it's been proven that if people in other words if if a young person was to go and take a test and maybe that test would determine whether they would be getting into a good college or not or any college and it was uh a bad air day. It was smoggy that day. And they'd go take their test and they'd do poorly on the test. This, I mean, this is real. Uh, whereas if it was a good air day, if, if the air were clean, they would do better on the test. So this could affect the rest of their lives. Well, you have high asthma rates in Bridgeport because of the bad air pollution. So there's so many... So, oh, so many reasons to preserve the woods, to preserve the wooded areas. And, and as I say, I think our best chance now is to go to the federal government and uh, see if we can get help from them, because they're, even though the people of Bridgeport know that this is what they want and that this, this is what they need, the... There are those elements in Bridgeport who are bound with the old ways, and and that, that's prevailing in Bridgeport right now. I don't know if that's too long an answer to your question, but...
0: No, that was perfect. That was perfect, Leela. And I was actually wondering as well right now if... if uh, you know, I, I was wondering if you could talk about to take a step back a little bit, how you first began to have this, this tremendous love and passion for the environment, you know, was that, um, you know, was that something that you're, did you have family members or others around you when you were, when you were a kid who, who taught you to love the environment and care about the environment? Or was that something that developed later in life?
1: Well, when I was a child on the east side of, I was brought up on the east side of Bridgeport. It was quite a while ago. And about two miles away, there was Bearsley Park. And it was much different than it is now. Now it's a a bunch of ball fields and grassy areas uh, and roads. But it was it was more nature than it had more trees it wasn't it wasn't a complete i mean you couldn't call it a a preserve or anything but but it was much more natural so i could just walk up uh, the street walk up Noble avenue and get to bearsley park and walk back and that's what i did my entire childhood uh, every every um spare moment that I had, I would head up to the park and just spend all the time I had in the park and then walk back again. I did this throughout my whole childhood, and it be, just became part of me. And then later on in life, I moved to California, and I did a lot of meditation, and I got in touch with land in a, in a deeper way in a more conscious way and um and the land is much different there and i realized through that 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 we're all we're all that it's all one it's all the same that we're all one and that we're all part of nature and as i as i came back and you know returned to society and, and took a look around and took a look at the culture that we're that we're all immersed in, the larger culture, the you know that, that is in many areas throughout the world. And I realized that it's it's a culture of prejudice. There are many there are many prejudices, uh, and but the, all the prejudices follow the same patterns. Very simple. Pattern is very easy to understand. It's three steps. The first step is uh, one group of people says that they're superior, claims that they're superior to another group. And uh, the second step is uh, the demeaning, they demean the, the group they claim to be superior to, they deny them value, they say they have no value. And the third step is, they abuse, they exploit, because you know they're superior, and this group has no value. So they can do whatever they want. They can kill it. They can destroy it. And and there's there's nothing wrong with that, because uh, in that way of thinking, you know, they have no value. It has no value. And that we see in our society. But what We see it in many forms. We see it in in, uh, men against women and whites against blacks and countless, countless prejudices. But there's one prejudice that is huge, that is kind of the mother of all prejudices, that, that makes all these other prejudices possible. And that's one that we don't see. It's taboo. We never talk about it. We, we, we just, we, we can't talk about it. And that's a prejudice against nature. And what that means is he, we, we declare ourselves superior, separate from nature, and superior to nature. And so we can destroy nature, we can cut down the forests. we can... Put toxic chemicals and plastic and pollute. Uh, we can destroy the seas. We can overfish. We can cut down the forests. You know, we can we can do any of these things. We we can drive animals to mass extinction. Uh, we can do any of these things, and it's okay because we're superior. And nature doesn't have any value as far as this prejudice goes. And this prejudice is everywhere. It's in the language. It's in education. It's in the economy. It's in the, it's in the uh, government. It's in, in the entertainment. It's everywhere. So, And, and we're, all, we're all immersed in it. And, and none of us can see it, and we won't talk about it. We're, we're at a time now where you turn on the news and you, know, you, you hear about the pandemic. The pandemic is a result of the prejudice against nature of our of animals. Uh, the, you hear about uh, the wildfires in the West, the droughts, the tornadoes. The storms, the you know, all all these things all around the world, the rivers from the Ganges to the Danube to the Colorado, all the rivers of the world are drying up. What are we gonna do when there's no water? When there's no water to drink or to irrigate the plants so that we can have food. So we're we're in the what what I see is that we're in this mass. It's like a lemon, like the lemmings going over the cliff, you know, to their death. That they're all following and, and going over the cliff to their death, and that seems to be what humans are doing. We 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 continue to act in a way that is harming. The planet, the, all life on the planet, because we're all one, and it's harming us, of course, because we're part of it all, but we're still continuing to do it because we won't look at this prejudice and we won't do anything about it. And it's really easy to do something about it. It really, I mean, it's hard in one respect because we have to change our way of thinking and our actions, but in another respect... We're, we're moving toward the death of the planet. That's, that's what we're advancing toward. That's what we are advancing. That's what we're putting out there with this culture. That's what we're pushing. We're helping. And if we turn around, if we turn that around, the antidote to that is to have respect, to have respect for your, your own life, your personal life, your family, your friends, your community, your country other countries other life forms other species animals plants just to have respect for life for all life because when you think about it earth is a planet that has life it's the only life that we know of in the universe the only life there's there's no planet there's no plan B, there's no planet B that we can hop onto so, so we're one with this beautiful healthy, healing life this incredible miracle of life in the universe that, that we could embrace and foster and, and, and move our society and move our the, the way we live you know, change the way we live so it's in harmony, it's aligned with the the reality of the situation. Because we get everything that we have, all of our food, all of our clothing, every object, every building, everything, everything comes from nature. But we don't look at it that way. We don't respect that. So, you know uh, that that's that's what I think we have to get across to people. You can do that in a number of ways. You can do it intellectually. A great way of doing it is just by having a forest available for people to go and walk in. You know, so they can experience it because people know these things in their cells. They know these they know these things intuitively. They respond. They respond to a healthy. Environment. So uh, you know that that's what we're trying to get get across. Um, the other thing, you know, the other thing that comes into this is is identity. Uh, we're all concerned about you know personal identity, and and that gets into that gets into the duality that's in our thinking, in our culture. It's either got to be this or that. It's got to be uh, black or white. Uh, you know, there's, there's no grays. There's nothing else. It's uh, The reality is it's not either black or white. It's black and white. It's both at the same time. So... When when it comes to identity, on the one hand, you have everybody is unique, totally unique. You have unique fingerprints and unique eye prints, and everybody speaks and moves and and uh, thinks a little differently than than the next person. So we're each one of us is completely unique, and at the same time, each one of us is totally the same we're all energy we're all life on the planet and we're all equally we're all due equal respect so so both are true at the same time we're totally unique and we're and we're completely one with everything else but that you know th- these are these are thought patterns that Need to be introduced because right now, you know, the thought pattern is that of winning, of superiority. Of uh, it, it get, you know, it filters down to. I mean, look at all the violence in this country, and 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 in the world, because uh, somebody wants to be superior to other people. There are big uh, things here, and you you have to get to the root of it. It's not. It's not just okay to say, "Oh well, yeah, we should. Uh, we we should use less gas, or we we should, you know, have electric vehicles." Well, yeah, that that may be a good thing to do. I'm not saying it's not, but it's not. It's it's addressing a symptom. It's not addressing the disease and the cause of the disease, and the cause of this disease in my opinion, is a prejudice against nature.
0: Leela, thank you so much for that. Thank you for everything you just shared. And that was really, definitely gave me a lot to think about and reflect on. As always, as always, you, you come with so much wisdom and, and insight and reflections and, you know, ideas and thoughts and feelings that, that make me think and and in my understanding and and really you know provoke a lot of thought and a lot of deeper questioning and understanding and so as always I thank you so much Leela. and really quick Lila um, how can our listeners learn more about Preserve Remington Woods
1: uh, well there's a website it's called Preserve Remington Woods
0: <laughs> yep it's PreserveRemingtonWoods.com and so Leela, we have just a little bit you know, we're running out of time and at six o'clock on the dot, um, it will cut us off and go to the next uh, program because we have an automated system for, you know, for uh, at certain moments um, that uh, that transitions into, uh, record, uh, you know, pre-recorded shows. And so Ralph Nader is up next, um, followed, of course, by Cool Blues and Rare Records with Al Bell. Leela Florel, founder of Preserve Remington Woods. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. As always, it's been a pleasure and an honor to, to speak with you, Leela, and catch up with you. And I want you to have the last word, Leela. Um, so we've got a little over a minute. So if there's anything else that you want to share, keeping keeping in mind that um, at six o'clock the show will uh, transition into the next or the station will transition into the next program.
1: Well, I want to thank you very much for for hosting this program. you're very you're very uh, sensitive and kind person, and uh, you bring a lot to the community by hosting this program. I'm very grateful to you for that.
0: It's my pleasure. It's definitely my pleasure, Lila. And uh, again, it's always an honor to get to talk to you. And I, again, thank you so much for all the work that you've been doing these past six years with Preserve Remington Woods and uh, yeah, just everything that you've, you've brought to that work and to, you know, to fight for, for this environmental justice issue. Thank you again, Lila. Have a great night.
1: You too. Thank you so much for having me on.